more tackles. He's at the 20, the 15, the 10. He's got speed. He's going to the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. Dawson out to Harris for a three ball. He got it. Kennedy looking center shot. The Spartans are on their way to a win in the Rose Bowl. Completion. Live from Impact Studios, the only sports show from MSU campus. This is The Pack. And your host, Fino. That is right, everyone. Your host, Fino, alongside. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. To everyone here in pure, beautiful Michigan, the weather is great, 82 degrees Fahrenheit, and it seems like everyone is soaking up the sun like Cheryl Crow. Pretty unbelievable. We should we should have opened up with that, but we didn't. <laughs> um, the number, as always, 517-432-3893 is our number, and we have a lot to debate. Uh, Michigan State baseball, unfortunately, loses in the semifinals of a surprise, and I'll call it Cinderella run. The Tigers... Ooh, they've been struggling. Danny Worth sees two appearances. Yes, an infielder, Danny Worth. Two appearances as an infielder on the mound in five games. No, he's not on the mound today as the Tigers are currently losing uh, to the Oakland Athletics 6-0 still. And then we'll bring it all full circle. We'll talk in a little NBA playoffs. But before we even start a debate, I bring in my two panelists, Austin Goodman and Faith Kogalecki. Faith, how are you guys? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Good. Goody, how are you doing? I'm great. I cannot complain. I love the weather. Yeah, the weather is great, Faith. You enjoyed yourself at Detroit Yacht Club there? Yes. We were out on uh, Lake St. Clair boating beautiful. this weekend. It was absolutely beautiful. So wouldn't have wanted to spend it any other way. Oh, uh, that's. Uh, I'm jealous. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> um, and I welcome in someone, a familiar face. Unfortunately, Lou Divizio is no longer with us on the pack, so we do wish him all the best. Uh, I know, Lou, you're listening. We encourage you to call in. You know the number probably by heart on your flip phone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not your flip phone and your non-smartphone. But I do welcome a good friend of mine, um, a Lands United intern, uh, director of content strategy, John Yales, as our new uh, engineer for the pack. Johnny, good to have you with us. Good to be back on air with you, Fino, and Faith, and Austin, and everybody on the pack this Coming yeah. summer. Yeah, you're standing up. Uh, Johnny Yale's standing up. Usually Lou sat down behind the glass, so it's good to see you taking your it's position. It's day one. i got to be ready to go. He's ready to go. He's ready to <laughs> go. Um, and to bring our uh, our baseball segment full circle, we have our lead MSU baseball reporter. We have the host of Warning Track or an MSU Impact Sports. Zach's where at. Zach, good to have you with us for our second week in the row, pal. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm feeling special. Invited back for the second time, so I must have done something right. No, it's good being here, guys. Thanks for inviting me back. Something, yeah, good to have you back on. Thank you, you, Fino. You did something remotely right, so (laughs) so I gave you the call back. I'm working on it. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but before we do our little baseball discussion, I do want to have some get a couple things off my chest. Uh, You know, I'm a big soccer fan, and I'll have John, you know, kind of chirp in for two seconds. But Landon Donovan was held off the 23-man U.S. roster, uh, the greatest soccer player in U.S. history, men's soccer history, I should say, 156 caps, uh, 57 goals, five goals in World Cup play, more goals in a World Cup combined um, than Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Leo Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Wayne Rooney, yet this man is held off the U.S. roster, which for some reason I do not understand. In my opinion, Johnny was utterly robbed of his fourth fourth World Cup appearance, and to tell me a man that has 136 professional goals to be omitted from this roster for one individual, Julian Green, who is 18 years old, who plays fourth division. Fourth division. I'll say that again. Fourth. Just sink on that um, for... Byron Munich and has hasn't had one professional goal made the roster over Landon Donovan and Jurgen said there was other people people ahead of him and I think that's an injustice, John. I I think it is for now, but I think Klinsman has other other things on his mind. I think he's locked in for the next four years after this World Cup. He he's get one more World Cup. U.S. Soccer told him that, and he gets to basically think, well, Landon Don not Landon Donovan's not going to make this World Cup. Everyone's going to hate me, but in the long run, Julian Green and Yedlin, the young guys who make this squad, will be better John for the Brooks. next World Cup. Yeah, but you know what? And and I'll say this before we move on to MSU baseball. But the, to me, John, the thing that does not make any sense 
is you are going to omit a man, the greatest player in U.S. men's soccer history, over someone who hasn't played one, one cap on the professional level is a joke. And I say his club level, not national level, because he did get his first cap against Mexico in Arizona, which they did 2-2. And you're telling me that Landon Donovan just lost his spot like that is wrong, is an injustice, and is not fair for a man who's given so much for the U.S. men's national team, but a lot to the country. It's just not fair. I don't, I don't think it's fair, but I think he has he has other things on his mind. He's got to make it. He's got to win the next World Cup. He's got to make it farther. He he sees that he's in the group of what death. A joke. He sees he's in the group of death, and he's going to lose. So. Yeah, but that's a horrible mentality. I, 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 maybe Germany's still paying him on the side because you leave one of the best players off your roster, maybe you'll get on. Um, and that's all. I just need to briefly discuss this at the top of the show. Um, I have an in-depth Fino's rant on our on our website, impact89fm.org slash sports. Check it up, Fino's rant. It should be right there on the main page, or you can look on the, our packed tab to check out that um, that podcast in depth. So I'll just leave it there. But we bring in MSU Baseball, Zach Swearad. So Michigan State finishes off their season. You know, I thought it was not a disappointing season. I thought it was surprising. In the in surprising for the fact that, you know what, a lot of people didn't expect them to compete in the Big Ten tournament, and they competed. So mm-hmm. kudos to them. I really think of it as a success. You know, Michigan State, you look at it, if you just look at seeding-wise, we're a six seed. So if you look at it, whatever tournament a six seed comes in, you think, well, you know, if they make it even to the second round, that's a success. And we did. And we even said, you know, Fino and I, we earned, we earned something last week. We predicted that we'd beat Illinois. And we'd beat we them did twice. say that. We did say we, that. Yes, we did. We knew Who something was it? up. Who didn't? Who picked <laughs> Illinois? I don't know. Let's... I did. <laughs> I'll admit I that. I did, too. <laughs> yeah. You should have been studying for your stats exam. They should have. Yeah, I guess I should have been. <laughs> No, but we played really well. Um, and, yeah, getting through to the second round, obviously playing Indiana and Nebraska, two of the top two seeds uh, in the Big Ten. It's tough. Let's give Michigan know. State credit, though, Zach. Right. You know, Michigan State, you mentioned a six seed. Yep. Illinois, a three seed. Illinois, a very good team. They are. Over 10 games above 500. They were 31-19 and 19 going into the tournament. Michigan State, not a lot of expectations, I'll say. And they eliminated a three seed in the tournament. That is some credit there. A ton of credit. No, honestly, I think – and we'll talk a little bit later about how inconsistency within the, yeah, we'll the quote-unquote playoffs. Yeah, we'll break it down. Don't yeah. worry. 31-26 and 26 is where Michigan State baseball finishes out for the 2013-2014 regular season. Right. But, Faith, I want to bring you in, and I know you, and I'll bring Goodman in a second. You picked Illinois. So, you know, Michigan State obviously surprised you. What did you see out of the team? No, absolutely. I mean, I think we had all discussed what we thought about the regular season mm-hmm. last time, and I thought they had a bad season. I mean, if if you just look at all those numbers. Michigan State. Yes, Michigan State's. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not impressed with their season. No, but they either. made a deep run. And I know, Zach, you had said last time that you said they're either going to lose mm-hmm. first round or they're going to make a deep run. And they ended up making that deep run. That's so why they... I, cover, I cover the team for a reason. I know it's <laughs> Exactly. <up>. But, <laughs> Don't um... give them too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but they did definitely impress me. I mean, definitely uh, the second game against Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11-2. to Incredible. A blowout. Absolutely. Um, kind of fell apart. It sucks, you know, against Indiana that last game. But I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that we will and, and you know we could talk about that game in 11-2 cam gibson going four for six played an right. excellent game if you know if, if you don't mind me interrupting you okay. i honestly think that we need to look more at the two games that we lost more than the two games that we won it's kind of well, a sales mentality looking at your wins and losses mm-hmm. but if you look at the two games that we lost against nebraska and then indiana okay. i think we showed a ton of resilience you know it's it's easy when you you're winning those 11 run games everybody's hot everybody's getting hits but against nebraska and indiana we kept coming back especially in the indiana game you know, we'll talk about the pitching change yeah, at the but, end of the game, which kind of... Yeah, but you can go Michigan State goes up 2 nothing. Right. You know, Indiana goes 2-2. Indiana now 3-2. Michigan State 3-3. So, and then the wheels came off in the bullpen. Right. But you're keep, you're heading, keeping toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the country. I understand that. But... With two All-Americans. You know, Schwarber and Travis. Travis was the all the Big Ten Player of the Year. The kid's a stud. He's got 52 RBIs. He's, he's lights out. Without a goodie. I mean, so before I, before I yeah. talk to, you know, comment on Zach... You know, Faith admits, you know, Michigan State, deep run. Zach gives Zach a lot of credit for Michigan State <laughs> making you. that deep run. Zach, let's relax, buddy. <laughs> I will. Right. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. But, Goodman, you also picked Illinois. So what did you see out of Michigan State that made you look pretty bad? I saw the bottom of the lineup hitting the ball. Oh. Uh, they were producing for the team, and that's what I said 
last week, and that was the biggest part for me, was that the entire season, the bottom of the lineup had been extremely inconsistent. And I said for Michigan State to be able to succeed within the tournament, they needed to have the bottom of their lineup be successful. Not just Hove offensively, it. but defensively as exactly, well. Exactly, exactly. And that's what they did. They really came out, and they did well. Hovis did well. Nate did well. Richardson, who had the, a great end of his season, went 3-4. for four. They played well. So, you know, I, I like to see that, especially against Illinois in that first game there. No doubt. Yales, I know you didn't really have a pick, <laughs> but what'd you see at a Michigan State in this tournament? First off, I would have picked Illinois to win that first <laughs> okay, game. Okay, so. I thought we were losing <laughs> in Good two games. Good for you, though. Way to say that. Yeah. That's guts. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It, it improved their season. It still wasn't a successful season, I mm-hmm. think. Basically going 500. Um, four games don't change a whole season. They still didn't mm-hmm. look good. They went 2-2. Two and two. Um, But, yeah, I was impressed by what they did in the Big Ten tournament. If they were a few pitching changes away at the end, they could have possibly been playing for that final or even been in the World Series if they did things right. Yeah, I mean, I I think Zach brought this up. You see, Mick Van Vossen comes in the game in that Indiana game. You're thinking everything is going to be Gucci. It's not Gucci. It's a a mess. When things aren't Gucci. Yeah, I mean, a third of an inning and you're giving up two end runs, it's a disaster. Right. So, I, to me, I think maybe the wheels fell off a little bit. Is stamina maybe an issue? But for the fans, all right, so for the fans who aren't familiar with what happened, in the, uh, let's pull it up here, it was the Nebraska, the Illinois game um, on Friday night. Kinley went six and one-thirds innings. Okay. And that's your closer. So when your closer's going six-plus innings, you don't really have them for the next game. And although you Boss, think? they said, right. <laughs> and Boss said, the uh, the announcers in the game said, you know, Kinley didn't give him the nod. He said, you know, I could, I could pitch. But you think... Van Voss in your ace of the season, leading the Big Ten in strikeouts with 99 at the time. You know, you think you've you've got the game shut down, and obviously, like we know, it didn't go that way. But you know, yeah, Kinley Kinley went a bunch of innings. Just to go back on something, Yales, you said, and, and Faith, you guys would deem the season unsuccessful. I would disagree, actually, and especially like I mentioned, um, two guys I would really look at some freshmen. And like I've said, me and Brett have also talked about this on the warning track name drop. But um, you know, I think that Masevich and uh, and Cam View pitched outstanding in their two games. Masevich is a is a sophomore. Cam View is a freshman. Anthony and actually, yeah. what's funny about mm-hmm. that is that Masevich was actually slotted to be the third starter, which Cam View took over later on in the season. But you look at next year. I've mentioned a lot that next year I think we're going to be a lot better. We're going to improve. Um, but those are two guys to really look for next year to be. And you mentioned Masevich, and I agree. He goes five innings in that elimination game, eight strikeouts, a, you know, three earned runs. But you mentioned it, Zach, for the number one seed in the tournament. You know, I'm not going to be too harsh on him no. because he realistically was a four starter for and this he team. And he pitched, he pitched really he well too. He, he really gave his guts on the rubber. He, he, he pitched well, credit. Goodman. I liked it. I agree. You know, Cam View played extremely well, and you know, with six and one third innings, you know, ten hits, but you know, it's three earned runs and it's one base on ball and it's seven. And strikeouts mm-hmm. for him with 27 at bats, and I thought that was incredible against them. You know, although they lost the game three to two, mm-hmm. they were still competitive throughout the game. Yep. You know, yeah. keep strong resilience, scoring runs, and those two performances were against the two best teams in the Big Ten and There's two no tournament teams. Exactly. There's and, no yeah, and, sorry, and this is much further than I even expected them to go. Again, like you know, Michigan State definitely came out and they gave it their all in a situation where. You know, did I think they were going to even come close to having that third or fourth game? No even? faith. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I didn't have faith. I don't think anyone thought Michigan State would go to the semifinals. No. Definitely not. I mean, I picked Michigan State to win that initial game against Illinois, but I didn't think they were going to go into the semifinals. No. And did you think they were going to oust them eleven to two? No, Definitely absolutely not. not. And, and I, I think it's 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 how they did that, John. I think it's how they did it. Eleven to two, they kind of smacked them around. Do you think this team's like football where you, you win a Rose Bowl, no one thought you were going to win a Rose Bowl, and now there's expectations that come with it the next season? This is a youthful team that has a lot of talent, like you were saying, Zach, and next season, what, what type of th- season do you think they're going to have? Are they going to be expected to make it just as far or farther? I, I don't so. I don't think so, and I think it, a good point that you brought up football. I think it's like our expectations for this year, not for next year for football. I think we had a disappointing regular season, like you guys mentioned, but I think we showed a lot of resilience. I think you get a lot more experience like football. A lot of people say when you make a bowl game, it's not even so much of the, the money that you get or the you know the experience. It's the playing time that all the young kids get to play and that bowl experience, extra practice time. I would I would say the same thing for this tournament. I think you know we have a lot of experience next year. And even if you're saying seeding-wise, are we going to finish next year? I'd say we'd move up to a four seed. I still don't think we have enough talent to, you know, to bypass the Nebraskas, the Indianas, 
and the Illinois. Darren Erstad's doing a great job over there. At he Indiana. really is. That's good but credit. It's got, he could still play, man. He still looks like he could book it out there in center right? field. But, um, <laughs> but you know, honestly, I th- and if we move up to a four seed, I think I'd be extremely happy with that. But you know what? And a lot of people are talking about TD Ameritrade Park being such a cavernous venue. And, <laughs> you know, people talk about, hey, can you hit it out of that place? Yeah. Can you not? And I said it for Michigan State to win, Faith, they're needed to play small ball, steal a couple bases. And to me... Richardson, Ryan Richardson, he gave you that smoke. He was stealing bases. And, you know, although Cam Gibson tried to steal, he got caught a couple times. But, you know, his you know his speed on the base paths are really what it's going to make it and break it for this team. Mm. And I thought we saw that. They went as far as they did by playing their type of game. And Michigan exactly. State did play their type of game. Now, Zach, I did want to ask you, you know, you brought up the Kinley thing about yep. him um, playing in Illinois. Six innings he pitched, and mm-hmm. he's a closer. And then Van Vossen in the um, Indiana game comes in and tries to be the closer, and that just doesn't work out. <laughs> um, Flip-flopping the rules. Why do you think Kinley was allowed to play those six innings, especially that deep in the tournament? You're thinking you, you're going to need a closer at some point. Why was yep. he allowed to play those six innings? Based on when I was watching the game, it almost seems like it was moves of desperation. Like, you you know, Coach Boss was seeing that, you know, well, we've won that first game so I think it sort of forced his hand he's like well you know not like like John said we have expectations now that we won that first game so I think you know Lowry gives up that first run um you know he's like oh well I gotta put Kinley in Kinley's been a stud and I think same with the Van Vossen move he's like well you know we're close in this Indiana game let's put in our ace and forget forget the rest of the tournament or whatever happens I just think it was desperation moves and do you think if um Kinley had pitched on uh, what was it Sunday mm-hmm. uh, do, do you think if he had pitched would they have won that game that's always tough you know it's always tough in sports of to course. do that to say what would have happened if uh if the other thing happened but you know it went the other way, you know. It was the wrong move. It's like it's like in football when you're going for an extra point or, or a two. Hold on, hold on. I mean, <laughs> uh, all right, get an me, argument going uh, here. Okay. To, to me, I think yes. I mean, I have no. Does anyone here have an issue with Jeff Kinley coming in that game and relieving uh, Jake Lowry? Does anyone have an issue with that? Because I don't. Because you're playing like it's an elimination game. And you know what? If Jeff Kinley is going to come in and give you six and a third, 71 pitches, only allow two hits, nowhere in runs, strike out He's two guys. He's a stud. Yeah. He came and saved the game. What he I, did, I he can't did... fought Jake Boss Jr. for that move. No. And you're that's, playing desperate. He is. And that's a tough thing. You're managing thing. desperate. <laughs> and <laughs> if you look at the game, the box score, I mean, it wasn't an 11-2 to two game until at the end of the game. You know, it was a... It was a a, a two three. They scored nine two, runs one, in the exactly. last two innings. So it was a close game up until the last two innings. So I mean, you want to put your yeah. I think he's tied for saves in the for all time in Michigan State with fourteen. Think about it. Illinois is up two nothing. Michigan yeah. State pokes in a couple runs. It's two two before the floodgates open. Fade. And that's true. So, Go ahead, Fino. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So I'm saying I don't have any problem with the move because even if it cripples you, you can't think about that. No. And I remember in an interview they asked him. They go, you know, reporters are asking him, hey, why'd you make this move to your closer and you're going to cripple yourself in the future? He just fired back and said, what future? There's no guarantee. This is the Big Ten tournament. So in such a cavernous venue, you need to just stop such an elite opponent that Illinois was. He came and ended up dominating. No, he's Mm. not going to throw. He's not going to get 10 strikeouts. You know, but he made, what, two hits? And six and a third? Goodman, it's impressive. So my question to you is, Zach, if that doesn't happen, all right, if that Mm. doesn't happen and they don't throw their closer in there, could they have had a more successful future in the Big Ten tournament? That's a good question. That's a tough question. You're putting me on the spot. But I do think that I think you have a better chance. (laughs) I am the guy. Thanks. Coming back for a second time. But I do think with Kinley's recent success uh, for State, I think that definitely they had a better opportunity to win the Indiana game if Kinley was in the game. I mean, I'm here to make bold predictions, bold statements. So I, I honestly think so. That if Kinley was in the end of the game, I think we would have had a better shot. Yeah, but on the flip side, you don't think Mick Van Vossen is going to just screw up for you in a relief appearance? I do. I do, actually. And I'm really? Gonna, yeah, I'm going to make another bold statement. Uh, looking at the the AL Central with all the reliever um, issues, closure oh, issues. On, Detroit. Is... <laughs> <laughs> no, We're no, no. Hear, hear me everywhere. out. Think hear me about out. It. Hear yeah. me out. Listen. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to hear what you got to say. For here. a reliever, for a setup man, or for a long reliever to go to a closer's role, it's not just your stuff. It's not. It is all mental. Baseball is a whole mental sport. And, you know, Van Vossen, like we said, he's a stud. He's one of the best pitchers in the Big Ten, definitely our best pitcher. To go on a closer, I'm sorry, it's completely different. So I think, honestly, Kinley is a closer. That's his, that's his position. I think it's completely different if Van Vossen's in the closer spot, definitely. I mean, look, fine. You want to say it's a mental game, I'll give it to you. But, I, you know, I don't buy it because he, who is the best pitcher on the staff? Van Vossen. Okay, so <laughs> when you call and it, it, you want to make correlations, it's like playoff baseball. When a guy is coming in, he's your fourth starter, whatever he is, it's an off day. You need to come in and make a relief appearance. You're going to count on your ace. 
And even though it's not a statistical game, you look at it, you're not expecting McMahon Boston to give up a third of, in a third of an inning, just just not look good. It's 12 pitches in a third, and just one third of an inning is not good. Is See, I'm going to agree with Zach, though, because I think, you know, a closer, they are thrown into that position where they are under pressure. You know, they are closing, they're ending the game. Whatever happens is kind of on their shoulders. So for Van Vossen to come in, he's he has not been in this position before. He's always just started the game, you know, put the Michigan mm-hmm. State Spartans where they need to be. But for them to flip-flop is completely, it's just weird. Yeah. I mean, but, but basically cracked yeah. under pressure. That, that's what it comes down to. I mean, he yes, cracked under pressure. Yes, obviously he was not good. We can sit and talk about it. But can you blame Jake Boston Jr.'s you know, ideology no. to make a move? You're facing arguably the best team in the Big Ten, maybe one of the best teams in the country. Yes. You're going to put your ace in to get you out of a jam. Yeah, and on a, uh, looking, looking at it now, I mean, obviously looking at it now, we say it's a bad move. But in the time, you know, like I said, desperation move, I don't necessarily disagree with it. In the time, in the moment, but it just—it's unfortunate. So let me now ask that, you this: Yeah, going back on it, right. if you're if you're Jake Boss Jr., you're in his shoes, you're wearing his ball cap, you're telling me you're not going to put Big Nick Van, yeah, 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 you're not going to make Nick Van Boston and put him in that spot. I'd put him in that spot just because. See, but that—that's the. Well, I'm just I'm disagreeing. I'm just saying I wouldn't have put Kinley in the spot that he did in the last game. I wouldn't have pitched him six innings. But it and worked. That's why I asked it you did that work. question. But it that's worked. Why and no one's talking qu- about it. We're only talking about it because the move didn't work. Exactly. All right, but in this, okay, would you put your closer for six innings, no matter what's, what, no matter MLB, professional, minor leagues? But it's college baseball. It's a totally different animal. All right, so I have another question for right. both of you, Fino and This Zach. is fun. This is a lot and different Faith, than last you time. Know, yeah. Let's all answer this question. What about okay. John over there? Who, yeah. And John. Let's you, find you, someone you, else. Wait, wait, John, let me ask you. Do you do, how, what do you agree about this move? I think he shouldn't have played him on uh, Saturday against Illinois. He should have thought long term about playing right, a closer can, that long. Right. You can put him in for you can put him in for a couple innings, but you don't let him run for six. This, this, hold on, hold on. This gives me a great opportunity to ask this back. question. Okay, Thank here's you. my question to all of you guys. Right, okay. break it down. Do you blame the coach for the loss in the Big Ten tournament? Yes or no? The, which one? They went to oh, no, 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 no. Not being able to advance, not being able to get to the championship. Do you blame no, the coach blame, or do you blame the players? I don't players? blame the manager no. because no one expected him to be in the semifinals. He overachieved. And like but I'll, he threw somebody in there, and that ultimately, as everybody is saying, caused the rest of I mean, the it's tournament. Easy, it, 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 it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback when you look right. at the situation, but I'm sorry. When I'm looking back at it, I'm putting my ace in a spot I think he's going to get me out of. What is so what is so hard to grasp that point? But I think but it goes back to it goes back to the closer. It's a it, pitcher. Go, it goes back to the yep. pitcher. It does but it go, okay, two, two it's things. a pitcher playing a completely different position in a completely right. different aspect of a completely different circumstance at a completely no. different ballpark. No. Two things. So think about all of that, bring Good it me. in, and Good let's me see what we got to go. here. All right. All right two, two things. And I think I think if you look at it right now, you say, you know, outside general broad perspective, you're looking at it, that move did cause them the overall you know, standing how they finished in the I mean, he didn't the get the loss. Listen, really listen, listen. Okay, another thing. Michigan State, a big issue they've had, they have a very young infield, aside from Curl over there at first base. You know, Nate, uh, Hovis are both freshmen, and then Richardson over at short. Richardson in the first three games had an error. He had two in the Illinois game, I believe. So that infield play, and then Pickens, for those of you who didn't watch the game, had a huge error against Indiana, which really broke open the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he would have gotten to it, but it took him a lot longer to get to it. Totally misjudged the ball. Goodman, you mentioned breaking under pressure, and I said this last week. The team is very inconsistent, and they don't have a true leader. Obviously, if you watch the games, they're a very fun team. They're eating bananas and everything, yeah, working but, out. Okay, but it's, it's no, no, no. Fun. Listen, I know it's fun, but I say they don't. They cracked under pressure. They're a young team, only three seniors, one played. Fisher, Fisher's running on a play. He got caught up, overran second base, got tagged up at first. There's just these little things that I said that aren't going their ways. So, I mean, broad perspective, yeah, you look at that move, look, that ruin it, but look, there's a lot of other to things. To me, when you look back at it, okay, if I'm going to put Mick Van Boss into the game, that's desperate. I would have put him in before he put Walter Brokovich in. Right. So he puts he puts a freshman into pitch who has a 4.62 ERA, who's have a he's a freshman, he's having an atrocious season as a reliever. Why are you putting him in that spot if your mentality is, okay, I have Van Boston coming in. If he was available, why don't you put him in that spot before setting up Bork, a freshman Borkovich to Borkovich has had some some success. He did win Big what Ten success? Freshman. He did have, he did win Big Ten Freshman of the Week earlier on in the season. So he oh, has come had, on. <laughs> that's one week in the season. You're all about this. I'm just saying Borkovich did have some success. I'm not saying I wouldn't look too much into that. I mean, the whole thing is just pretty much the Kinley move. All I'm, say- all I'm saying is, if you're going to put Van Vossen in the game, mm-hmm. why are you putting him in that spot after Borkovich didn't look good at all in the regular not, season? So again, a manager's arguing, call. I'm again, not a, manager, with, a, right. a manager's call right here. So yes. you tell me, 
You, you said that you don't blame the manager for these losses, no, but I, now it's a manager's call yet again causing no, the issue. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is fine. If you want to, okay, all I'm saying is look, if you're going to put Mick Van Boston in the, Van Boston in the game, fine. I'm not, I don't fault Jake Boss Jr. because they're overachieving. No, everyone expected them to get eliminated by Illinois. But if you really want to look at this game, it's not, it's no one's fault because they overachieved. Right. Zach said they have no leader. They're a young team. They're coming back strong. They should be improved next year. But all I'm saying is if Van Vossen was available in the game, you're not going to put him in after you just let a freshman explode with the 4 6 ERA who's been a very bad reliever, regardless right. of if you won. Big Ten Player of the Week. I want. I want Player of the Week in middle school once. Should I be in that spot? Come you on. I, I give you credit. I'm not. <laughs> we're not arguing if Van Voss in the move. We're arguing the Kinley going six and a third innings in the game prior. And I understand you have. They have a bunch of different relievers. And I know Forget Lowry. That. Listen, listen. Okay, Lowry's one of their better relievers, and so is Kinley. The fact that Masevich wasn't brought into that game means that they planned on him pitching that one of the next games over the weekend. I'm all, the only thing I'm arguing is I don't think Kinley should have went six innings. Bottom line, even be put in the game that early in but the game. But he's cruising. What do you mean? He's cruising. I mean, he's six and a third inning, seventy-one he's pitches. A, dude, yeah. he's he's unreal. He's one of our. He's one of Michigan State's best pitchers on our team. He's tied tied for you Big know, Ten. We got to wrap this up, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but we're getting the, ahead of ourselves. Yeah, it's fun. You know, we got to wrap this up because I do want to talk about Tigers baseball coming outside the break. But to me, I think when you really look at it. It's a desperate team with a desperate manager. You're trying to eliminate Illinois. You fumble to Nebraska. We didn't even talk about the Nebraska game. No. But you fumble You fumble Nebraska. You're on the hot seat again. Who is the best? Okay, if, forget Van Boston. Quick, just a quick snap. Mm-hmm. Is Kinley the second best pitcher on the team? Yes. Okay, I, I would agree with that statement. So put down a shutdown pitcher, even if it's not his role, Fate, even though if it's not his role, Austin. I wouldn't fault him because you're playing desperate. You're playing with the hot team. Great uniforms, those throwbacks. Beautiful. Yeah, even though they lost in them. But the thing is, you know what? <laughs> I don't fault the move. I think Jake Ball Jr. overachieved with the young team, and we're really excited going forward right. for Michigan State. We'll end baseball. it there. We won't argue anymore. But you know, yep. just for you guys, if you want to check out the uh, the tournament coming up, um, Michigan State's obviously out of it, unfortunately. But two Big Ten teams, Illinois got snubbed, which you know I think we actually, if we want to play uh, spoiler, so, you the, so Nebraska, right. Nebraska, the, and uh, Indiana. Indiana, and I think they look. If you want to cheer for the Big Ten, I think they look like they have a good opportunity to make a deep run. Yeah, it looks like it. Well, yeah. thanks Zach for your insight. We'll bring him back on the outside of the break. We're talking Tigers baseball here on the Pact, always embracing the Spartan debate. You're listening to the Pact on 88.9 FM WDBM East Lansing. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. All the gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to coverage of Spartan sports like never before as we embrace the Spartan debate here on The Pact is right everyone your host Fino as we continue to embrace the Spartan debate here on the pack 728 Eastern time hopefully everyone is enjoying their Memorial Day and had a great Memorial Day weekend 517-432-3893 is our number if you want to call in and embrace the debate with us on this holiday uh we did have a nice intense debate about Spartan baseball but we'll keep it baseball, we'll keep it on the diamond, and we'll talk Tigers baseball. Really, what is the deal with this team? They're 28, or now 28 and 19, as they did fall to the Oakland Athletics today. And you know what? I think there's no reason for concern uh, for this Tigers team, although they did fumble today against a very good Oakland team who's 31 and 20. Uh, a very good AL West. You look at. The Angels were very good. And you know what? I'm sick of Oakland, but they're a good team. They don't do anything in the playoffs, but they're a great regular season team. Yeah, They're a great regular season team. But the Tigers, and you know what? They're there. They got the 
the biggest gap in the division lead. They're five and a half ahead of uh, your White Sox, Zach. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And you have Texas in that AL West, who's a good team. Without Prince Fielder, all the Tiger fans who were looking for Prince Fielder, who were looking for a little sweet, sweet revenge, Texas came in and just whipped the Tiger's tail around. And that was shocking to me because I thought they would really bring it to Texas. Um, mm. But they're four, well, yeah, four and six in their last 10 games. And was it the Zubaz uniforms? I don't know what it was. But to me, it's no reason for concern, or is it? That's our next debate topic here. Are you concerned with the Tigers' performance so far, Faith? Personally, I'm not, just because I look at the losses, what, seven losses now, you know, out of the eight that they've played. Um, that's only like 4% of the season. So for me, I'm not concerned. I think a lot of people get freaked out because baseball is a long season. So, and it's a roller coaster, up and down often. But um, I don't think there's any reason to be concerned. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to have to agree with you there. It's, you know, Memorial Day usually unofficially marks the quarter point mm-hmm. of uh, the Major League Baseball season. It's a long season, 162-game season. But I don't have a problem with the way that – I mean, I do have a problem with the way the Tigers are playing, but it's no reason for concern. And, Faith, you and I were talking about this off-air a little bit. You know, Brad Ausmus is a fresh manager. He's, he's, he's learning the ways to – you even alluded to it, Dan Dickerson, when we had him on – uh, it's a different feel in this clubhouse. It's a different feel in sp- it was in spring training. It's a more relaxed feel, and I think it's going to benefit them in the long run. What I like about um, Osmus is his relaxed, you know, personality yeah. and all of that. Is that I think it does build camaraderie among the teammates. So that you know they can rely on one another. They have those better relationships that you can see that out on the field. It's just it, I often question: Is it too much joking around? Is that's what is that what's hurting them? I mean, who knows? I don't know. Too much joking around, Goodman? I don't think so at all. I think that Brad Osmus is bringing in a great culture to the Tigers team. He brought in a lot of players with them. That really know what they're doing. Rajai Davis is playing incredibly well, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and nobody would probably bring him up. But the amount of stolen bases that he has, think think about Kinsler. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Kinsler for a little bit. Everybody was up in the arms about you know Kinsler not being able to fill the role that Prince Fielder had in Detroit. Now Prince Fielder is out for the rest of the season. For me, guys, I think this Osmus guy is just incredible. I really do. He got fired up once. This entire season, he was mad. One time he got kicked out of the game with Miggy on an And he should have gotten run from that game, and I'm glad he got run from that game because that's a spark plug move. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was real mad, and and that was was. absolutely absurd. hold on. We don't even need to get into that. Yeah, I mean, you know what? That that was an absurd (laughs) call, but we can talk about that play for hours. We only unfortunately have 30 minutes left on air. But you mentioned Raji Davis, 15 swipes this year. Right. When do you ever remember a Tiger team stealing bases playing small ball? Never, never. That's never. what we always wanted. Is right. that from last year to this year, that's what we wanted. Those stealing bases, small ball. It's a different atmosphere, Faith, and it's a different style of baseball. I remember our debate on the pact when the season first started, and I thought it was incredibly interesting because I was talking about that. I was talking about the implementation of Rajai Davis, the guy who is going to steal bases alongside Kinsler. That is a massive aspect Kinsler's of baseball. Kinsler's been disappointing on the base pass, but that's not I it. mean, you know, he only has six stolen bases, but that's it is what it is. You know, with me, I think your big guys, your big guns that are playing well in V-Mart and Torrey Hunter and obviously Miguel Cabrera with 42 RBIs already. Obviously. I mean, all of these guys, they're in, playing incredibly well. And, you know, I'm not worried about this slump right now at all. Yells, what do you think? Are you worried about this Tiger team right now? No, I agree with Faith with it's just 4% of the season right now. You can't freak out that much. Um, going back to the Zubas and all that atmosphere that he's bringing in, I think that's good, and I think that allows them to get over these humps and win in playoffs and when they are stressed out instead of just resorting to freaking out and overthinking it like I think they did with Leland. Mm-hmm. They'll do it. Um, they'll, they'll stay relaxed, and they'll be a team, and they'll work off each other, and that's going to work in the end. No matter what, no matter what team you are, you're going to have awful slumps. You're going to lose one of six. It's yeah, not you got to go deal. through adversity. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Right. I mean, Zach, will bring you in on this last. Yeah. Disappointing? I don't look at it disappointing at all. And if you look at today's game, like Fino, you mentioned at the uh, the beginning part of the segment, you know, obviously Detroit's losing to Oakland. Oakland, one of the better well, teams. Well, they lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ten to nothing. Um, thanks Ten for the to update. Lost. Yeah. But you look at, wow, that's that's disappointing. Yeah, the, but the wheels look, fell off. You look at those two teams, Oakland right now missing two of their top starters in Griffith and then Jared Parker. I think if you look at both of them and you look, they're both struggling right now, who's going to have a better rest of the season? Detroit. You guys, Detroit has a lot of promising talent. 
I think, you know, right now it's just a slump. You don't want to get complacent, but like Faith said, you know, Osmus with that fun environment, it is a 162-game season, you know, as much as fans want to change that. But it is a long season. Guys, you got to stay fun. You got to have fun you with it. You got to stay loose. Exactly. I, I wouldn't worry about it at all. At all. Seriously, all right, you got right. to learn from your losses. All right, so let's nitpick a little bit because obviously there's been some, to me, there's some holes. Despite despite the Tigers being nine games above 500, 28, 19, that's the record as they stand right now on Memorial Day. The quarter point, as I mentioned, the fate. But to me, there's some holes. I think the bullpen is atrocious. Mm. And then the bullpen is terrible. Coke Zero is awful. Uh, <laughs> he's and, pathetic. Yeah, he, he's not playing too hot. But I'm going to pick on one guy today. And it was today's start. It was Drew Smiley. I think Drew Smiley really needs to pick it up. I think Smiley is – I understand he's only 24 years old, Faith. But, you know, I expect better from Drew Smiley. And if the Tigers are going to make a deep push, you need better pitching out of Drew Smiley, especially – when, you know, Justin Verlander, 5-4, and four, is not Justin. You know, by the bottom of the third inning today, uh, game's Smiley over. had given up four solo home runs. It's a gem. The game's over at that point. <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. <laughs> I Watching it, it was Beautiful just, oh, outing. back-to-back home runs. Oh, great. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just beyond me. Somebody <laughs> brought up Verlander. Was that you, Fino, just now? Yeah, 5-4. and four. He's, not, he's not hitting his spot. 5-4, and four, 404 ERA. That is not Justin That's Verlander. That's not 200-plus like, million dollars, I'll tell you that. Definitely not. And he only has 50 strikeouts, and he's got 30 balls. Let's keep that in mind. 30 base on balls is not Justin Verlander. Obviously, he's only let up three Walks, home runs. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just like... <sighs> I don't know, guys. It, it's rough for me because Verlander is just – he's not playing where he needs to be. Five and four is what do you mean? not – He's not even good. remotely in the same realm as he needs to be. <laughs> if the Tigers aren't going to win a World Series unless Verlander plays and wins at least 18 games. Yeah, but you got somebody like Scherzer in front of him. you got oh. Annabelle Sanchez in front of him and Porcello that's coming in and playing incredible yep. this year. Yep. Yeah, except that game on Saturday. <laughs> going well, yeah. going back to Verlander, in the last three starts for him, he's given up five-plus runs, an average of nine hits, and oh struck out God. only seven batters. It's terrible. So, you know, I guess a big question to ask you guys, you know, is okay. the you know the old Verlander, who was dominant, is he not going to come back? I know. He's going to come back. Let's let's relax for a second. But to, this <laughs> is, to me, the big thing, and I'm glad Faith brought that up. Tigers pitching, their starters need to go deep into games. And when they do not go deep into games, they're going to lose. Because their bullpen is so bad, there's no one you can rely on. Joe Nathan is better, but he's still not where he needs to be as a closer. And who is the Tigers' setup man? It's silence because they don't have anyone. Right? They don't have anyone. It's either Kroll or Albuquerque. I would think it's Albuquerque, but he's also been abysmal. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I agree I, with you. Yeah, when I look at it, and Phil Coke is their left-hand specialist. So to me, there's no bullpen. Specialist? <laughs> I mean, th- th- <laughs> absolutely not. He's nothing. I'm sorry. Okay, Phil fine. Coke needs to go. But that's why he <laughs> is the void. He is the void. No, Goodman. You we can't could, blame it on Phil Coke. No, Coke, it's seriously. one guy. He comes in and faces yeah. David Ortiz, and he's out of the game. That's really why you have Phil Coke in the game. And on your roster. That's it. But to me, when you have Justin Verlander going five innings, when you have Drew Smiley going five innings, when you have Rick Porcello going whatever he went, three, four innings, I think it was four. The thing is, they have to go deep into games. They do not have the bullpen to carry them deep into a game and to pick them up. Mm. Their bullpen is not going to go out there and get holds. First of all, they're not going to go out and get holds if the starting pitch is playing like this because what are you holding? You're holding a loss? Yeah, you're holding nothing. So when I look at it, the Tiger bullpen is the X factor. At the same time, I'm just going to go ahead and say it's Tiger pitching. Because hmm. if the if their starters, John, I don't agree with that. No, it is. Because if the Tigers starting pitchy doesn't give you a quality start, they're losing. Yeah, it, it sets a, it's the whole point of baseball. You have to have a good five, six innings in the start. Otherwise, you're basically going to ruin your bullpen for that day and the next couple days, and you're just going to set yourself back. Um, but yeah, I think you, what you guys all say is valid that basically there's seven game loss, losing seven games is bad, but it's a small chunk of the season. Um, but there's holes with Verlander. I think Verlander is a huge hole going back to what Faye said. I think Verlander is an issue. How long can we say, is this guy going to come back? He hasn't been lights out for a year and a half. Uh, I think it's the same thing as like Tiger Woods. Everyone says, "Oh, he's got the talent. He's going to come back. We're all waiting for it. It's going to be a couple, couple weeks or something. He's going to get that big thing." But how long do we just keep saying, "Oh, he's going to come back. He's Justin Verlander. He's going to come back. Just wait for it. Just wait for it. He's so good." We've been saying that for a year and a half. It's to me, John. That's a fair point. It's very scary because somehow the Tigers are twelfth in the major leagues with what are they? Twenty-seven quality starts. Somehow, 
somehow. And Max Scherzer, I think, is the best pitcher on the staff right now. And it's not—it's not even debatable. It, it, it's, it's really not even debate. That's not even bracing nothing because there's no Spartan debate there. It's just fact. And okay, <laughs> wait. Okay, so who's better? Who's I mean, a, who's a better pitcher on the staff right now? No, I'm just saying in the last two wins out of you know however many losses, what eight. Or nine losses. They've won only two games, and Sanchez has started both of them. Mm-hmm. I, w- I agree with you 100%. Sanchez is one of the better pitchers that Rusty Orioles I mean, because the you're now, like Verlander, I mean, Scherzer, he, he was and inju- Porcello. He was have... injured. He hasn't, you know, but he now he's not his... injured. Now he's coming but he's back and winning two games. In- he's only pitched 35 innings this year. But he's a great pitcher. Look at his stats from last year. But he's not year. the best pitcher right now. This is, I said right now. Scherzer. Right now, it's Scherzer. It's right. not debatable. Honestly, I don't think there's any point to argue about this. I think Verlander is fine. If you look at if you're going to be the AL leading team, look at Verlander's past past what five games, two, two, two earned runs. If you if he's only letting up two earned runs, and you're supposed to be this World Series contending team, your offense has to support enough. And forget the bullpen. So forget that. You could have the best bullpen in the majors. Uh-huh. You can't blame anything on Verlander if he's only holding a team to two runs. Are you serious? Your offense should be able to support, at least get you two runs in a game. Well, the question wasn't, is Verlander managing and getting a spy, but it was it, has he lost his Verlanderness, his his shutout, just go out there, no one gets a chance. He gets seven seven strikeouts each game, and now he's getting seven strikeouts every three games together combined. So I think he's lost that. I don't think he's going to go back to being shut out no. um, Verlander every single night. I mean, it's a lot of uncertainty, so you can't play the if-and hypothetical game. But if Max Scherzer leaves in free agency and you're wondering whether Justin Verlander is going to resort back to you know, his form, you don't know. And, it's a, and then you have, a, you have a gaping hole on this team. And I understand Anibal Sanchez is a great pitcher. I wouldn't even consider him the second-best pitcher in the staff right now. Really? I think Rick Porcello has been better than him. He's 7-2 and two and he has a, wow. he has a 3 8 ERA. Wow. That's, that's a bold that's, statement. Uh, that's what I'm saying because he has right now. Sanchez hasn't hasn't played as many innings, and you know what? His ERA obviously is higher than Sanchez because he's only pitched 35 innings. When Rick Porcello's pitched 58, Porcello's pitched great. He's Porcello leads in. the team and wins. Yeah. I know wins doesn't really say much, but he leads the team and wins. Right. Porcello's been good. He's had six quality starts. Sanchez has two. But we, but quality start is such a bogus stat because Sanch, because Verlander with the four ERA has is second in the team with seven. Mm-hmm. So it's such a bogus stat, Yales. But to me, when I look at it, it's the whole. It, this is this is where it is. This is where this is where the team is going to be good and great is pitching. And if you're not good at pitching, John, it's over. Yeah, it, it's it came down to hurting us every year in the playoffs. It's the reason we didn't win the World Series. It's a reason we went out and got Joe Nathan. And now the rest of it's falling apart. So you have to have good pitching. If it means trading, if it means whatever, we don't have this team's falling uphill. We yeah, we don't have the people in Toledo. Oh we God. don't have them in Erie. We just we don't have them. We need to go get them. Well, I believe in the last three games that uh, the Tigers have given up thirty four runs. That's including the ten today because they they lost wow. twelve to the um, Rangers, twelve again to the Rangers, and now ten today against the Athletics. So who's to blame? Uh, I mean, it's the pitching, obviously, <laughs> because when you look at it, you know, Goodman, I know you've been waiting, but when you look at it, the Tigers are just used to outscoring everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's a different mentality, Faith, with this team. They're stealing bases. They got A guy on their team has 15 swipes on Memorial Day? What? Mm-hmm. It's shocking. So it's a different mentality. I think what Brad Ausmus, he's bringing that National League flair to it when he was in Houston, understanding how different games of the baseball are played. You need to win with pitching. They can't just go out and outscore people because that well will dry up. And they're not outscoring people. They're, they're not. in this slump right here, and they're one in seven slump that they have. They have 67 earned runs for opponents and only 31 earned runs for the Tigers. That that is not good. That is absolutely pathetic in my eyes. And that one hundred percent goes back to the pitching. And it also goes back to the batting. Nobody is I mean, outside of Victor Martinez, who has twelve home runs. Wow, what about him? I mean, he's playing incredible right now. He absolutely is, but they're all solo shots. He doesn't have an They are all solo of- shots. He's only hitting two twenty two with runners in scoring position. So if you look at his numbers, he has twelve bombs, but he only has twenty nine RBI. So yeah, his home run numbers are great, but he's not clutching runner with runners and scoring. The position. insane thing is right now, if the Tigers and this is going to sound ludicrous, but once again, right now, if you're trying, you, they can't even outscore Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago's got 253 runs f- scored. Ouch! I, you know, okay, relax. But the thing is, 
Jose, <laughs> Jose Abreu is injured, and he's contributed to a big – I mean, he was just on a tear. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is if you're trying to outscore people, but, you know, look at it. Runs allowed. They've allowed 265. Mm-hmm. So they're negative differential. Yes. But oh, when you look rough. at it, the Tigers, they got a positive differential, plus 19. But to me, you can get away with outscoring people. That well will run out. That's the point I'm trying to make, is their pitching has to clean up. But let's also keep in mind that Detroit also does better in the in the latter half of the season, guys. You know, Miguel Cabrera right now, seven home runs, 42 RBIs. And the guy's unreal. 58 hits, yep. a .322 ERA. I mean, he is playing incredible right yep. now. And, and that's just at the beginning of the season. You have to keep in mind that this team has one of the best hitters in baseball playing on the team. And then with Victor Martinez batting behind him, you can't walk Miguel Cabrera anymore. Victor Martinez hasn't been the Victor Martinez that everybody knows of hitting balls, hitting home runs in the past year and a half off of injury. Well, well, and now he's officially back to that standard. Well, yeah. he he helped people were scared about uh, Prince Fielder leaving, who would protect Miguel Cabrera. V- and V-Mart has totally done that. Yeah, he's but totally no one, filled that role. That is true, but no one thought V-Mart was going to be leading the AL on batting average at no, this point with a 341 that everybody was worried about, so it's a huge thing that you, you can take off your shoulders. But it's a good point, too. And you look at what J.D. Martinez has given you as well. The yeah. other Martinez has been giving you some positive numbers. Lots of Martinez's. A lot of Martinez's. <laughs> but when I look at it is you got to get guys to protect Miguel. Miguel is going to be Miguel. He single-handedly won you a game in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So he's going to do that with the long ball or hitting other way. He's just such a smart hitter. Rod Allen always says it on Fox Sports Detroit. He's the best hitter in baseball. By mm-hmm. far, we're watching the best hitter. Everyone knows that. Teams know that. You can't prepare for a guy like that. He's incredible. But when I look at it, it's the play of Victor Martinez has gotten the Tigers on a hot start, even though they've cooled off. You know, I just want to say we are trashing the Tigers right now. And let's also keep in mind that towards the beginning of the season, guys, there was a point where every single player was hitting the ball at least once in the game. Between Castellanos and Avila and Rajai Davis and Kinsler, Jackson, Martinez, J.D. Martinez, Cabrera, all these guys. To name guys, the whole team. Yeah. You, you might as well. You Exactly. <laughs> you have all those guys that are just hitting the ball. And you tell me that the Tigers are going to have a poor season. They're slumping, yes. But those guys will get their bats back in their hand and they will hit like they were hitting in the beginning of the season. That 27-12 and 12 record is not a joke. So, okay, so let's close this off. And I want to get everyone's take on this mm-hmm. before we get to a break. John's already yelling at me. <laughs> I want to know, given that, you know, that being said, do you still think this team will win over 100 games? Zach? No, it'll be it'll be. Cl- I think put them at a hundred, put them at one hundred ninety nine. I think it's ridiculous that we're arguing this much about Detroit, one of the best teams because in the entire. Be- listen, listen, listen. Okay. It's the whole bullpen's problem, and if you're going to break it but down really quick, I, that's not what I asked. I know, you. I know. I'm just going on a rant here a little bit, but I think Detroit's fine. Give them a hundred games, sure, but I think they'll be fine. They'll make it to the World Series. Let me clear this up because we need to go to a break. The reason yes. why we're arguing this is because the Tigers have a very high standard and expectation. That's why we're doing it. They're the second best team in baseball. They get a .609 winning percentage. They're going to win over 100 games. I said 98 before on our debate. I think 97. Exactly. We are debating back and forth between there. I think they're going to get over 100. This team is for real. Faith? I agree completely. So over 100? Yep, absolutely. Johnny? 95, but I think it's going to come down to pitching and they're expected in the, to, in the regular se- or in the postseason it will but right now they can get away with it yeah but they're we're expected to win the world series this year I agree. that's where we're at right now i agree Zach. so and a move we can with be phil picking. coke no doubt about it phil coke needs to be moved honestly maybe they'll cut him and they'll release him like the mets did with valverde today with two-thirds inning pitched and four earned runs that's not really good when we hmm. come back we'll embrace a spartan debate and we'll talk nba playoff action what is the deal with the spurs serge Ibaka's back and is oklahoma city for real We'll embrace the Spartan Debate when we come back. You're listening to The Pact on 88.9 FM, WDBM, East Lansing. Smoking Helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want mysmokefreeapartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building. Without all that smoking. Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. Mysmokefreeapartment.org. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Wednesday nights from 8 until midnight, it's the Impact's Accidental Blues, your source for great blues music, news, and concert information. Only on Impact Primetime. 
Hola, my name is Esperanza. After a tragic incident, I was forced from a life of riches in Mexico to a life of poverty in the United States. My mother has become ill and we have become separated from our family. Now I must work for both of us to try to bring the rest of our family together. My name is Esperanza and I am trying to survive. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Esperanza Rising by Pam Muñoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. And now back to the Pact here on 88.9 FM. That is right. We're back on the Pact, 749 Eastern Time. As we have round out our last 10 minutes of the Pact, your host Fino alongside Austin, John Yales, and Faith Krogalecki. 517-432-3893. Feel free to call in if you want to embrace the Spartan debate with us as our debate continues on with a little NBA playoff discussion. But guys, whoo. Looks like that Thunder San Antonio or that Thunder San Antonio series got a little more interesting. The man who was supposed to be out for the whole playoff in the postseason, he's back. And uh, I know Greg Popovich, head coach of the Spurs, was having a little fun uh, saying, oh, I thought he was supposed to be out for the season, but he wasn't. He's poking fun at the media even when he said that when they got to lose, he's got to have some fun. But Abaka comes back. Thunder, and you know, I, I know the Thunder only won by nine, but let's be real for a second. That game was over in the third quarter. The Thunder were just all over San Antonio. They looked more hungry on the court, Faith. To me, I still think the Spurs will win the series, but with Serge Ibaka coming back and playing some excellent basketball, he starts, plays, gives you 30 minutes, 15 points, seven boards, four blocks. He looked like a force down in the paint. I mean, I'll keep saying it. From the beginning, I still want OKC to pull out with the series. But uh, um, definitely, Ibaka is a game changer. You know, without him, those first two games, you know, the Spurs just kept going. to They kept driving to the basket. But with him there, he definitely shuts down the court. Oh, there's, there's no doubt about it. And to me, Ibaka might be that X factor that Oklahoma City needs, Goody. Abaka is that X factor, guys. I mean, Durant, Westbrook, and Jackson all, you know, Durant had 25 points, Westbrook had 26 points, and Jackson had 15 points. Let's keep in mind, in Game 2, Westbrook played pathetic basketball. He opens up the court for a lot of different people. In Game 1, Westbrook went 9 for 21, all right? Okay. In Game 2, he went 7 for 24. And then in game three, he comes back and he went eight for nineteen. That those are good numbers to me. I yeah. think he's. I think what I think Westbrook is strongly influenced by Ibaka. Well, Westbrook is so strong, and his, his ability to drive to the basket is why how he gets his and points. Ibaka clears that lane. And he does. And you want to hear? I called it. You know, I think ESPN called it the Ibaka effect, which really is. Spurs in games one and two shoot sixty seven percent from the floor. In game three, they shoot forty eight percent. Ibaka didn't play in games one and two. He plays in game three, and it's that forced down low. It gives woo. It gives San Antonio its second guesses. Should Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, should those guys drive? If <laughs> you got a guy like Serge Ibaka right down there and really making an influence. I mean, look, you got San Antonio is a very gridiron team. Mano Ginobili will give you 24 minutes and give you 23 points. It's shutting down the it's shutting down down low and it's your backcourt that really makes to make a front there. It's your backcourt and your frontcourt, but to look at it, yeah, it's the backcourt that needs to oh, wait, when you're not shooting well in the paint, Goody, your backcourt's got to step up. Mm-hmm. And and the backcourt did step up, for, step up for the OKC. You know, I, I really think that the Spurs are going to come out and win this series. Me too. Absolutely. And, and that's just me. I really think they're, they're a veteran team. They're better than the Thunder are. And that is just my opinion. But I think that with Ibaka coming back, it doesn't just keep them to the outside. Because before, the Spurs were absolutely controlling the paint. Uh, Yales, what do you got here? Well, I agree that Ibaka is definitely... X-Factor. Definitely the X-Factor. And I love the fact that OKC, I think they just hit it. I think they knew the whole time that he was coming back. Definitely coming back for the finals. And they just hit it. And they hit it, and they used it against them. And Spurs, I don't... What Popovich said, he didn't see it coming, and they got a game out of it. And if they can get a series out of it, it's going to work in their advantage. And but you know, I love it. You know, and it really makes me second guess. Where I know Faith picked Oklahoma City, and it makes me I'm like, man, Faith could be right about this decision because when you look at it, Abaka, thirty minutes, only one personal foul, and they were just dominating the game. If Abaka stays out of foul trouble, Faith. To me, this might be Oklahoma's series. Even though I picked San Antonio, I'll stand by San Antonio. I said San Antonio in six games. 
this could be an interesting series if Ibaka can stay out of foul trouble. I think it was a very strategic plan if they did have, if they knew they that he was going knew. to come back. You know, and I think he brings that energy to the court because he is an, a leader. So when he gets in the game, you know, his whole team gets fired. They get energized, and like you said, it was over in the third. It was over. I mean, the game was over. But to me, what the scary part about this, Reggie Jackson for Oklahoma City, he had a horrible game. Six for 13 from the floor. I get it. He had 15 points. He's not at the ideal floor percentage. But to me, if Jackson gives you a better game and they play like this, they're unstoppable. Because Kevin Durant right now is one of the best players in the NBA. Absolutely. I still think LeBron is the best player right now this year, despite him not winning the MVP. But if Durant plays the way he played today... Literally, almost identical numbers, 8 from 8 from the line, just like Russell Westbrook, 8 for 19 from the floor, just like Russell Westbrook. I understand that Durant had, or Westbrook had one more point than Durant. If they play like that, they're not losing. There was a question of uh, Durant's consistency during round one. Oh, what what a ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous statement. He's consistent. He's getting 20 to 25 points a game. He's going out there. He's playing his best basketball. Yeah, the Oklahoma wishes they didn't make that statement. Exactly. I mean, he's 8 for 8 from the line in game three. He's got 10 rebounds. He's 1 for 4 behind the arc, but he's 8 for 19 in field goal range. I mean, he's 25 points in the game. He's playing well, and that's what you need. And let's go back to the Ibaka situation. Here's the deal. When the Spurs are shooting, and they're being blocked by Ibaka, their field goal percentage is 25%. Yeah. Against any other player it's like almost 50, on the it's like Thunder. 50-something. 50.7. Yeah. I knew, I, I knew it was 50-something. Now, with Ibaka, like when, when he wasn't on the floor, the Spurs made 67% of their right. shots in the paint. Right. Now, with him on the floor, they only made 51%. Of sh- yeah. 51%. So that's that's a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, and not, even, not even to mention, when Ibaka is down there low— Okay, when he's on the floor, it's 51%. When he's down low and they're going in the face, 48%. Mm-hmm. So it's insane. So there's no doubt about it to me, and I think we've we've all agreed, that you know San Antonio has hit a little bit of a speed bump, but it, Ibaka is the X factor, without a doubt. But there's going to be an adjustment by Pakovic. Yeah, Pakovic. I, I understand, but you they need a major adjustment. That game was brutal. And if he stays out of foul trouble, it's going to be a good game. I wouldn't call it brutal. It was only 106 and 97. But, 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 but d- did you watch the game? Yeah, I, of course I, I, I watched mean, the game. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm just being, you know, I'm yeah. being rhetorical. But the point yeah. is, is at one point, Oklahoma City was up 19 points. Yeah. I, so it, it was a blowout. Just like that Pacer series, that Pacer Miami game three, Pacers are up. That fourth, that first quarter, they're up maybe 13, 14 points. Miami can't get anything done. LeBron takes the game over. I'm just saying, you're saying the Thunder were up by 19 points in the end of the game. Uh, you know, they only won because by you nine. Because the garbage po- time foul. Exactly, but they were, you know, they were only up by nine points at the end of the game. That's making an improvement during the game. I mean, and, and with a couple days yeah, in between star- the games, your starters are out of the game. I'm me. just saying, your players are going to come back and they're going to play better, knowing that Ibaka is back and knowing the numbers, knowing the stats, knowing everything about mm-hmm. Sergey. Ibaka, they are going to have to come back and make adjustments. If they won't, it's going to be a seven-game series up in the air. So, and nobody ha- knows who's going to win then. All right, yeah, that's true, but let's put the series aside because I'm curious to know. I want to get Faith's opinion on this. She's big on the Pacers. You picked the Pacers to win. Are you worried about your pick yet? I am a little bit worried just because the Pacers have blown two leads now. And, and, I, and it's disappointing. And, to- and Paul George isn't playing well either. Let me ask you, <laughs> why do you think, Faith, they lost the game? I think what is happening here is the turnovers, and turnovers lead yeah. to fast breaks, and fast breaks lead to basically death. I'll tell you, I'll, in my opinion, I'll tell you why they lost game three. And when I looked at it, it was a two-letter word. We're gonna have to, yeah, it's two words, actually. Ray Allen. They had no answer mm-hmm. for Ray Allen. Ray Allen, to me, was the guy. And oh, yeah. I'm curious to know, I want to get John Yales in on this, but... Ray Allen, twenty, you know, twenty-seven minutes. When he shoots perfect beyond the arc, they're not losing. Four for four on the three-point, sixteen, 16 points. points. Yep. I mean, he missed one free throw, which is uncharacteristic. But Yales, are you big on Miami or what? I think Miami stole it. I don't. I don't think they Indiana, stole that game. Yeah, but but just the whole series in general. I think it's over for Indiana. I think they got that first game at home in front of their fans. But I think Miami's the better team, and it just doesn't look good for Miami or for Indiana in Miami. The Pacers are one in seven in the last two years over playoffs and uh, the regular season in Miami. They've lost five straight there. Seven of those losses have been double digits. So they haven't looked good. They and don't play good against quality teams in their their when environment. When they need to. Yeah. When they need to. That's and that's been their issue all season for the past couple of years. That's why they can't make a final. And you want to hear the thing about what scares you if, if you're a Pacers. I don't know. Faith's not a Pacers person. She just pick. She just picked the Pacers, but. 
you look at ever, how everyone's playing. LeBron, insane. Wade is playing exceptional. Ray Allen now is playing exceptional. Chris Bosh is giving you nothing. Chris Bosh in game three gave you four for 12. Chris Bosh gave you nine points. They just didn't. He, he was in foul trouble. He had five fouls. He played 23 minutes. He was a disaster. He made one three. It was just a garbage three. Un, unattested. So it wasn't really legitimate. But he made it. But he's going to come back from that. You think so? He hasn't given you anything in this series. I think he's going to come back from it. But it doesn't matter. And the reason why I say it doesn't matter is because he's given you nine points in every single game. Four rebounds, six rebounds, and he gave you four assists in game one. Mm-hmm. The point is, Miami's ability to win this series will not rely on Chris Bosh. It just won't. Oh, absolutely It's going to be not. LeBron, Ray Allen that third, and then Dwayne Wade. It's going to be Dwayne Wade. It's going to be Dwayne Wade. Combined in game three, James and Wade had 49 points and nine rebounds. You, you increase that number of rebounds by about six, and that's what you're going to see consistently per game. And maybe even a few more points. Yeah. LeBron James is the best player in the game. And Dwayne Wade is an incredible player as well. well all right, there's so, a reason why they've won the past two championships. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. So as we wrap this up, so I, I, I'm pretty sure that everyone, except for Faith, <laughs> that everyone thinks we're going to have a San Antonio-Miami final. And we, I bring it up every week as we have the segment because I'm curious to know if people's opinions have changed. Has that assumption changed for you, Goodman, as we wrap it up real quick? Absolutely not. Faith? I still like OKC and uh, Heat, though. So you, so now yeah. you, you like I the mean, Heat? I just, mean, just seeing what they've done so far. J- Yales, what do you got? I hate saying it, but I like OKC with Ibaka now. Um, That's it's scary. And I, I, I'm going back on what I said, but I didn't know those that info before. And I think Miami's got this. They're going to win the championship again. Yeah, it, it's Miami's and LeBron gets his three-peat. I'm totally with it. I'm totally with it here on the pack as we wrap this up. For everyone that called in, thank you. 517-432-3893. Um, always, as we embrace the Spartan debate, a special thanks to Zach Swearad. Um, without Lou DeVizio, um, Lou, I know you're listening, but we'll wish you all the best um, over at WILX. It was a pleasure to have working with you, and I know if you guys want to say something real quick, choice to Lou. Absolutely, Lou. Thank you so much. It was great debating hockey with you. Absolutely. As always, go Red Wings, but your Bruins had a great run. I loved uh, having you on the show. You were a great teacher, honestly. Great okay. teacher. Lou, I'm going to miss you so much. I love bantering with you. So uh, good luck where you're going next. Yep. Uh, hopefully everyone has a great Memorial Day. I hope they had a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll be back here every Monday from 7 to 8. Myself, Faith, uh, Austin, and John will take you every Monday from 7 to 8 as we embrace the Spartan debate. Thanks, guys, and I hope everyone has an excellent holiday. We'll see you back here on Monday. <laughs>